Hello, welcome to Cowl Fans, a popped-off podcast, the casual fans' home for Overwatch League news. We're coming at you from the first Brandon studio in Tampa, Florida. I'm Allure Moore. I'm Haller. And we're going to get started with a quick announcement. That announcement is next week, April 1st, we're going to be doing a special Q&A segment, and we want your questions. So we need you to send them to us. You can direct message them to us via our Facebook our Twitter, our personal Twitters. Carrier Pigeon. Carrier Pigeon. Or you can just tweet them with the hashtag CowlQ. C-O-W-L-Q stands for Cowl Questions. We're the Cowl Podcast. You can ask us questions. Those wow. are Cowl Questions. All right? All right. All right. Yeah, I know. It's clever. We, it's, wow. we have a crack team here of engineers and thought comer upper withs who are coming up with all of this stuff and making it up on the spot. No, it's just us. It's, it's just, just us. It's but, just us. But we did come he up with it. He has two cats, and they're dumb. That's true. <laughs> it's not false. But <laughs> we did come up with it ourselves, and uh, we did check the Twitter first to see if there were other people using that hashtag to make sure that it would be easy to find our questions. There are not. So if you guys start using it you know, sort of ironically, that's fine, too. We'll just make fun of you on our next podcast instead of answering your questions. That's totally okay as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's my best intro I've ever done. Yeah, that good felt job. Really good. Thanks. Good I've been, job. I've been working I'm proud on this. of you. We yeah, I have to be a podcast Growth. Host. Growth. You love to see it. <laughs> All right. So we're going to get started with our match of the weeks. I'm going to go first because my match of the week happened way earlier than yours. And I mean, uh, if, if you watched it all this weekend, you already know what these two are going to be. There's only two matches so. that were worth <laughs> watching, <laughs> and mine happened first. <laughs> well, what was yours, Aaron? My match of the week was New York versus Seoul. Wow. Wow, I bet you didn't see that coming. Just like nope. nobody saw the Seoul beating the New York coming. What? What? That game, yeah, I remember. I was just like, I, I even made a tweet about it. You know, I'm not even worried about missing this quarterfinal. I'm much more interested in the Vancouver-Boston game. <laughs> yeah, you had to raid, and then you were like uh, Googling yeah. how to cancel raid. And then I'm like, uh, yeah, because... Great starts at 9.30. Game started at 9. So I got to watch the control map and then Seoul won with their B team. And I was like, um, what is happening? And we're <laughs> Help, what's happening? And we're going to talk about this whole dual team thing that Seoul's got going on later. Because right. that's the thing I want to I wanna hit later. But Seoul came out with their, we're calling it their B team, but it's probably not fair. Maybe? It looks like it's their control team. Yeah. And Or watching a justice team. They played it against them the whole map. That's the first time we saw this team, and that's why everyone thought it was the B team, because the yeah. only time we saw them was against the well, Washington Justice and the New York Excelsior. It's also apparently who they played against the Fusion in their tiebreaker match. That's what Doa was tweeting. Did they? They played their B team. So we had this team that everyone's like, this looks bad, but I'm pretty sure they were just giving them some, some time on the stage before they played their game. I guess so. And I and and it it worked. All right, whatever yeah, was going on, good. it worked. They pulled out this whole, basically an uh, an alternate roster. Yeah. Played them on control, rolled them back for the rest of the maps, and it worked very well. Mm hmm. Um, Soul came out with some fun DPS strats. Everything that we asked for and wanted from these finals, from mm -hmm. these not finals, from these playoffs. Yeah. Soul gave to us. Yeah. They gave us fun DPS strats. They gave us crazy go-arounds to get to places. Mm. They gave us lots of fun things. They threw New York way off their rocker. By right. the way, um, 
I went on a rant several weeks ago about, oh, look, New York, we get to the playoffs. And then they're just like any other team, guys. Stop being so scared of them. And I feel like this fully confirms that. If we would stop being scared of New York as teams and stop mm. hyper-preparing, because that's probably what's happening. Maybe. People are beating themselves before they yeah. go to play New York, which is unfortunate. So I think this really confirms that. This really solidifies that for me. But it also solidifies for me that Seoul deserved this spot in the playoffs because they were there to bring it their all. Now, they didn't deserve to win. I think I think but so. They did a good job. They had the right idea, right? They didn't play into New York's game. So mm-hmm. many other teams, even the San Francisco Shock, who we'll talk about later, obviously. Right. Um, when they played against New York, we didn't see the same shock you saw every other match of the season. It was like they tried to play New York's game. They were afraid to play aggressive into them. And these guys, they decided, okay, well, we're not going to beat New York at their own game. Right. Let's just let's just try to exploit how passive they are with aggro strats. So using your Sombra um, and utilizing the triple DPS comp. And Michelle's Sombra looked hyper clean. Michelle's just looks so good. Looks all so season. good. Now, I know everybody's talking about this, and probably at this point, everybody realizes what was going on. Mm-hmm. But Nene's grab at the end. All right, everybody's yes. still talking about that. Yep. Listen, listen. They have explained it a number of times. I understand it, and I think it really was their only hope was for him to put that grab towards where the Sombra probably was and hope to get that Sombra and keep them out. Mm -hmm. They're right. The Sombra was absolutely the win condition for Soul because that Sombra's EMP can equalize any ultimate advantage the other team has. Mm -hmm. So New York knew that. New York went, let's see if we could do this. Let's do something because we're fixing to lose. And I think right. that was really smart. New York is not a stupid team. Mm-hmm. All right? New York is not a bad team. I thought they looked bad on that game, but I think maybe they looked they bad didn't. the first two maps. Maybe they didn't. Well, may, and that may be so, too. But uh, the more I think about it, the more I've thought about it since that game happened, the more I go, you know, maybe New York didn't look bad. Maybe Seoul just purposefully played in a way that New York is just not good at. Yeah, and I think that's probably more of the case. I think it was a bit of two. I definitely feel like New York underperformed, especially as I was saying, like the first two maps. Hollywood, there were so many errors, especially with the support ults. Like Jonak had questionable transcendences that really set them up to always be behind in their ultimate um, advantage, ultimate efficiency. They were always kind of behind the mark of the other team in that regards, um, which made it really hard for them to get very far into the map. Yeah, um, which really just kind of set them up for defeat once once the roles flipped. But yeah, um, I really enjoyed the map. I think th- I just want to talk about that grab real quick. Wolf and Achilles is casting when that grab comes out, and they both just lose their minds. And Wolf can barely string together a coherent sentence <laughs> because he's freaking out so much looking at that graviton. That's one of my favorite casts of all time. Like this this whole game. The way, um, it, oh, it was on uh, Hollywood too when um, Michelle hacks Jonak when he has trance and they're like doing the game winning grab and you just hear Wolf, uh, Kelios is casting and Wolf in the background. He hacked Jonak! He hacked Jonak! <laughs> like yeah. freaking out and losing his mind. I had so much of them at. They built so much hype and I'm just, I'm so glad these guys are an owl. They are such a treat. Yeah, it's lots of fun. It's lots of fun. So, anyways, that's why I matched the week. It gave me everything I wanted out of playoffs yeah. because, let's face it, finals were great. 
finals were amazing, and that's what you're going to go into. Yeah. But it did not give me all the wacky strats and fun things that right. I wanted out of these and playoffs. I think that's what you wanted out of, like, I think for finals, you wanted to see the best GOAT teams go up against the best GOAT teams. But for these teams, like the San Francisco, or excuse me, like the um, Seoul Dynasty, uh, maybe like teams like the Philadelphia Fusion, Atlanta Reign, like the teams you knew that weren't going to be able to take down, like the Vancouver Titans, like these really good teams. Um, that's what you wanted to see. You wanted them to see throw curveballs at these teams and see if you could beat them, like a la Chengdu Hunters versus Vancouver Titans a couple weeks ago. Like That's yeah. what you wanted to see these teams try. And Seoul did a really good job doing that and made for some really exciting matches at Volskaya Industries map. One of the best maps I can remember watching in Pro Overwatch. Like Some of the clutches uh, on like point B that these teams pulled out were just unbelievable. It was really good. It was so, really good. Gosh, what a game. Go back and watch it. If you missed that, just... Like, even if you know the results, it's still redonkulous. It's lots of fun. <laughs> and uh, as we go into your match of the week, yes, let's tell, let's tell the audience, in case anybody missed it, who the champions were of stage one. Well, first of all, if you, if you haven't watched <coughs> it yet, pause. <laughs> go watch it. Come back and hype with us. Oh boy, <laughs> it is worth it. It is worth it. But we're we're a show for the casual fan. The casual right. fan doesn't always get the time to go back and rewatch. Mm -hmm. So here we go. The champions of your stage one are the Vancouver Titans. Honestly, to the surprise of everybody, because everybody picked New York. So yeah. All right, go ahead and go into your your but match. I, but everyone's thing. second, right? And like who people were expecting in this matchup because New York fell out so early, right? So Vancouver Titans versus the San Francisco Shock. What a joy. <laughs> what a joy. Oh, man. Man, we haven't had a back and forth like this at all the whole season, it feels like. Yeah, it's been, it's definitely been a minute. Yeah, definitely not this season, not mm -mm. something like this close so much. I mean, there's been a few games, maybe like the Dallas Field Shanghai game. Yeah. There's, a, there's a few game five, like there were a bunch of game fives that come to mind, but nothing was like this back and forth and this high-level Overwatch, right? Like, this was just two fantastic teams going at each other and really going tit for tat. It was so, 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 so good. Um, it started off on that control map, and, like, that's right. When, when Shock won the first map, you were like, who, buddy? Because I was watching that with my brother, too, and he was like, uh, Titans 4-0, and I'm like, no way. No way. No way. Shock picked up a map, and he's like, nope, it's... They uh they played last time. I think Shock only picked up one map when they played the first time. And he's like, they're just gonna roll them this time. They learned. Nah, fam. Shock came out and Shock they looked learned. so good. They've gotten better. I mean, that was like week two. Mm -hmm. And oh boy, what like this is such a high level game. Like everyone seemed to be like matching each other. Usually, there's a lot of mismatch mismatches in yeah. between teams. Um, or, like, maybe the Reinhardt's matchup, but the Zarya's fall off. Everyone was so close. I would say the only mismatch would be Hoxall and Rascal. I think Hoxall is just... Hoxall had an edge. By, in a way, the best I mean, there were in the a, league. There were a dozens of times that I was like, look, Hoxall's going to die. No. No. And he sets up so many plays, like, always doing the perfect stuns to shut up these, set up these big ultimates to catch people off and get them picked, like... Hoxall is just on another level. I think he, he, they said, I don't know if this stat was suggesting like he stuns people and then finishes them off, but he was like, he had 10 more shield bash kills than, um, than Rascal on the other side at some point in the map. And then I just had to think about it. If these are like eliminations done with shield bash. That's crazy. Shield bash does five damage. Five. 
damage. Five. How is this boy getting double-digit kills with a five-damage skill? I don't understand. It's like the killing kid somebody by hitting so them with the pulse bomb, good. not by the pulse bomb exploding. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like so it doesn't bizarre. happen. Or, or when you kill someone with a sleep dart as Anna, right? Yeah. Like, when you see that, you're like, oh, crap. Like, this dude's just doing it all the time. What's going on? How is he doing this? Yeah. I don't. I don't understand, but I, I really feel like that's kind of what gave him the edge. Um, I think something that's really interesting to look at as well is just how the maps were set up. So again, this was one of our first best of sevens. This was the first time in Overwatch League history we've gone to seven maps in a game. It's true. Because we've never done best of sevens until the day before, and the day yeah. before was not a pretty was day a of blowout. Overwatch. <laughs> was a blowout. Was a blowout. Not a pretty day of Overwatch. No. But... Um, if this wasn't a best of seven and we were back in the inaugural season, San Francisco Shock are your stage one champions. That's true. Yeah. They they map five goes to Shock three two. Shock would have won. But that, uh, this is something I talked about on the last podcast too. It puts the value in different places. Because before control had a ton of value. Because it was the only map you did twice. Mm-hmm. Now more value falls onto your payload your payload ability because mm-hmm. you have to do hybrid twice and, and escort twice. escort twice you, you only do assault once which is a, a shame i think assault's the best professional game mode so it hurts my heart to just say <laughs> it once but that should change with next season we'll talk about that should we talk about that today or later the map pool or next week we'll talk about the map pool i don't okay. i don't know how that would change the map type order yeah, because well, they change they change the order too. Oh, they change they change the order. Assault will be the second map, so we'll see more okay, assault okay, okay. next so year. We'll, anyway, we'll deal with that in a minute. Then. So this is really cool. Um, so it was interesting to see that weight happen. And if you actually look back at these maps, Vancouver Titans only won assault and or excuse me, um, escort and hybrid, and San Francisco oh. Shock only won control and assault. Wow. So it reminded me a lot of the um, Apex Season 3 final, if Where you remember. Where Kongu Panthera... And Lunatic High. And Kongu Panthera okay. only won control and then would tie hybrid and assault maps. And back in those days, you used to have to play a control map as a tiebreaker. As a tiebreaker if you tied a map. It was a best of one control point. And Kongu always won. So they, were just, they, they wrote it out to seven maps on their control victories, but ultimately... They lost. Lunatic High was able to win it on Escort, I think it was. Yeah, that's that's so. a good I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Yeah, I wanna I wanna point out about this though. Violet's transcendences. Yeah, I wrote that down too. Did you write that <laughs> down too? Yeah, he uh um, like Twilight's transcendences were always on point. And Violet had a lot of, a lot of good on ones. point transcendences. Yeah, but he had some but bad Violet ones. had a lot of the fight is lost. Let me trance. Yeah. Down two or three people. And yeah, like, Violet, that, no. That would have been a whole some of those maps that they lost, they might have won if he had just saved mm-hmm. that. That's, I agree. That really like, that's got to feel, first off, that's got to feel bad to be Violet, especially if you go back and you look at the matches and you go, oh, Violet yeah. did that. Right? He's an incredibly mechanically skilled player. And right? and that's another thing I want to talk about too, though, right? Because they took all these maps and they went all the way like this in spite of some pretty bad alt usage. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the San Francisco Shock are incredibly gifted players. They 
really are. These guys have an amazing amount of talent, mm-hmm. and it that's what carried them all through the seven maps because right. they would they would they would win fights at the beginning when there was no alt economy yet, mm-hmm. right? They would have these long drawn out first point matches yeah. all the time. Both of these teams would do it, and it was a testament to how good both teams really are. Yeah, that they could fight for so long with no ultimates coming out, both of them going all out, and mm-hmm. both of them taking care of themselves. Yeah, but then. The shock would, you know, as if the shock won, it wasn't usually on the back of a great ultimate for those yeah. initial picks. It was usually like this clutch ultimate out of nowhere. Like you would look like you'd think they were at the disadvantage. All of a sudden, Sinatra gets his grab up, grabs, and the four v six because, and then Sinatra takes out four with like just Violet in him. Right. Or, or they would they would just get initial picks without yeah. ultimates. You know. But the, a lot of their ultimates that did come in were always the clutch ones, right? Yeah. They were talking at the beginning how San Francisco was decidedly unclutch. They did not do good in overtime. They did not do well <laughs> totally in these last final things. Totally different story this week. Oh. Every time overtime showed up, somebody showed up with a big play that made a difference. Yeah. Like Choi Yobin p- throwing out Choi Yobin had the freaking game of, of his, his life. life. That boy was popping off. Hashtag popped off podcast. Good, good plug. Good plug. I did it. But oh man, <laughs> Trey Hoban was a joy. Like I feel like he outshined Janu for the most point, except maybe Janu really had some great counter. Um, he like really messed up the grabs that San Francisco had with his bombs and like would read them like a book instead of. There were some points where like he probably could have eaten the grab, but instead he like knew the grab was coming out and he bombed at the same time. Mm. Kind of nuts, and then like split the entire San Francisco shock in two. So, A, they couldn't follow up, and B, afterwards, they could just collapse on them and kill them. Really, really, really clutch stuff. Um, but I felt like, for the most part, Troy Hoban, like kind of outshined him, which is crazy, because this whole season, it or this whole stage, I should say, it's felt like that Janu was probably the best diva in the league. Yeah. And, and then Troy Hoban, you always knew that talent was there, right? Um, I mean, maybe you didn't because he's a little bit more of an obscure name. He's never kind right. of been held on that high pedestal. Sure. But, like, a lot of analysts, like they said, this guy is really, really good. And I feel like this is really the first time we got to see Choi Hyobin proving himself as that top-tier talent. So that was that was a joy to be able to watch. Yeah. So great matches all around this week. Lots mm-hmm. of fun. Don't watch the semifinals. And then you missed it. Just as a little side note, oh. I got to get the feeling of being, um, being you know, like a real sport. So I was watching on ABC. That's true. We got interrupted twice by breaking news. <laughs> we missed two maps. You Did would, you? Yeah, you would have to switch to like ESPN News and finish watching the map there because like the whole Mueller thing broke and like the report came oh out. Oh, man. And so like all of a sudden there's like George Stephanopoulos appears on your screen. And you're like, wait, no, wait. It was like an overtime and you're like watching the timer countdown. And then it said like all of a sudden it was like two, one comes over the screen. I'm like, what's going on? And it's like breaking news with George Stephanopoulos. And I'm like, wait, no, we made it. But no, <laughs> come bring it back. But and also the game literally ended at 6 p.m. on the dot. I noticed that. <laughs> I did not get to watch the game live, <clears throat> but I get the little uh, uh, notifications. They run Watchpoint live on Facebook Live. Yeah. And so yeah, I got that notification at 6. Hey, Watchpoint's live. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah, literally, like, they were doing the outro sizzle wheel right at 6 p.m. I was I was freaking out. I was like, 
that game went all three hours. Like I wasn't sure I if know. they I wasn't sure if they'd gone seven maps or if they'd stalled yeah. afterwards and been like, We bought a three hour slot on ABC and we're gonna use it. Yeah. We're just stalling out and then they did a watch point after I was just trying to figure it out, but man, <laughs> nope. Yeah, there was actually a really funny tweet in that uh Sideshow, I, I think it was a clip from his stream. Sideshow was saying, like, if this is a stomp, they're gonna have to like build, like, just fill time for an hour and a half on ABC, yeah. and it's gonna be the world's longest watch point. But <laughs> it turned out the Overwatch League can do perfect scheduling. Who Sometimes. knew this stage? <laughs> Who knew? Not me. <laughs> All right, so let's 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 move on real quick. Um, for those who don't know, we're going to talk about standings real quick. Standings were absolutely unaffected by this week. Nothing that happened this week mattered. This mm-hmm. was a nice little mini tournament in the middle yep. of the season, only regarding Stage 1. We Got have champions of Stage 1. They took some prize money home to, you know, buy cereal for their team house. And Lucy OOs. Lucy OOs. And now it's like it never happened otherwise. Yeah. So... All of the standings that we had at the end of the stage before we started these finals mm-hmm. will persist. Now, those will not <coughs> – excuse me. I'm having a rough day today. It's all good, man. Those will not impact Stage 2 and Stage 2's playoffs. But what they will impact is the season as a whole and the season playoffs. Yes, and they might end up affecting Stage 2 because they're changing right. tiebreaker rules. Are we'll they? have to see. Are yeah, they? We'll yeah, we're going to we're gonna talk about those in a yeah. minute. <laughs> Now, now, let's just hit tiebreakers. It's not quite. Let me move around my phone. Okay. Tiebreakers were weird. Yes. So were tiebreakers weird, Haller? (laughs) Tiebreakers are weird. So before the playoffs even started, there were were two ties for seeding, as I suggested might happen. In yes. a previous episode. Yes. So it did turn out that the Toronto Defiant tied with the Philadelphia Fusion in map wins and map, or excuse me, in match wins and map differential. Yes. And so did the San Francisco Shock and the Seoul Dynasty. Correct. And since neither of those teams, either of these pairs of teams, played with each other, that's the differentiating point when there's a tie, typically. Right. Is whoever has the mo- the better record against the team in question mm-hmm. will, will break that tie. So some of these matches will be relevant for tiebreakers in the future, I would imagine. But, yeah, potentially. Um, yep. But um, anyways, that aside, so they decided they had to break these ties. Mm-hmm. And um, let's, let's talk about the lesser controversial one, I guess, first. Yeah, so, so Seoul Dynasty versus... Um, the San Fusion? Francisco Shock. The Shock. This this match decided who got to play New York and who got to play either the Toronto Defiant or the Philadelphia Fusion. Right. Coming into this game, you probably your expectation was you don't want to play New York because uh, they looked in basically like infallible mm-hmm. at this point. It's true. So San Francisco Shock. I, I Seoul actually apparently rumor is. Seoul wanted to just not do the match. But San Francisco Shock was like, we don't want to play New York. <laughs> We're going to play you guys. You suck. Yeah. And they 3-0'd them. They did. That's and they only ran their B team, too. Their B Seoul team. only Seoul. ran their, their, yeah, according to their supposedly B team. But none of this was broadcast. It was all done offline. We just kind of got the, like, we got map-by-map updates. Oh, man. But um, on Twitter? Shock's Twitter. 
What's during really this was here. hilarious because That's they were right. like, "Here, check out the pr- check out some of the match highlights," and they just posted a, a black a screen. black screen. Oh there, no, there was one where it, the t- the the uh, the timer counted down, and then it was Rick Roll. Then it was a Rick Roll. <laughs> <laughs> so kudo- really kudos to Shock's Shock. Social I've, media I love team. their Twitter. They're one of my favorite. That was probably my favorite like Western team Twitter. Yeah, really, really good. Anyways. But, so they do that, and then. For the Toronto Defiant versus the um, Philadelphia Fusion, the winner of that match probably plays the San Francisco Shock, assuming they win, which which happened. And um, the loser would play the Atlanta Reign. Right. So you want to lose this match. That's so true. rather than two teams going at each other, throwing as hard as they can, they decided to do something which isn't in the rule book. Coin flip. A coin flip. A coin flip. Which is, realistically, when you've got two teams who would be better off losing a match, I feel like a coin flip is better than a bad Overwatch. Yeah. Granted, they're not broadcasting the bad Overwatch, so who cares? Mm-hmm. But um, it turned into quite the fiasco. Oh. Yes. So, uh, who is it? Fusion posts that they've picked a coin flip no, side. So, so, the Overwatch League official Twitter... Post saying the the Philadelphia f- the Toronto Defiant have picked heads, and the Philadelphia Fusion have picked tails. Right, and Philly posted and this will be decided at fails. seven p.m. Yeah, or right. four p.m. Pacific. Right. And then uh, mm-hmm. and then you you watched it live, did you not? Um, I am apparently a total Instagram noob, so I did not watch it live. But I, you watched I it. I found it about five minutes after it posted because I did not know how to. Instagrams. Do Instagram live. It's it's not as easy as you'd think. I th- I would figure there would be something that would really grab your attention. You just you gotta click on the avatar or I don't know, man. <laughs> it's uh, okay. Instagram. But it's all right. I did watch it. So um Nate Nanzer comes up and just uh said first thing he says, the Philadelphia Fusion have picked heads. Which is absolutely not what anything else said. And then he grabs and then he has this coin and he flips it. And tries to catch it, and then he drops it. Oh, yeah. And then halfway of picking it up, he's like, "Oh, it's it's heads, it's heads." Uh, you got you all saw that, right? The Philadelphia Fusion have won the coin flip, and then they end the broadcast, and then there's just radio silence. And um, Alermore is texting me, and he's like, "Wait, didn't they didn't they say?" Or I think you're tweeting at me, and you're like, "Didn't they say that they won?" And I'm like. Um, yeah, so they post that they <laughs> post that Philadelphia Fusion has won the coin flip. That gets posted. Well, they don't even post that. It's Did just in the live posted? letter. No, it's just in this live video, and then it, nothing goes up on the okay. Overwatch League page. And that's why I'm like, so they, they said the wrong thing, and nothing has been posted. I wonder mm. if this is being, like, disputed or something. And then 30 minutes later, they, they announce that the Philadelphia – or that the Toronto Defiant won the coin flip. And then Nate does this really awkward – apology video he said i promise that i will never use a coin flip to decide a tiebreaker again yep oh man (laughs) it was it was really embarrassing that was bad we did not we did not feel like a professional sports league no we felt like no that whole thing that whole listen that whole thing needed to be done everybody needed to be standing there needed to not just be nate in a room by himself probably mm-hmm. 
brought, and he'd have and, like, a representative from both teams. He's just in like a hallway and like, like some like graffiti or uh, something. Just, just, uh. <laughs> it was so weird. Okay. This just the whole scenario. Was so then they decide the tiebreakers anyways. So yeah. we get into this. So then they show us this playoff bracket. Okay. Now this playoff bracket is a little misleading because it looks like a traditional tournament bracket. Single elimination, which it was. Um, but it looks like, you know, you have teams facing off against each other and then moving down the bracket to face off each other again. Mm-hmm. Except when you move down the bracket and read the next slot, it says highest-seeded team against lowest-seeded team. Now, this is not entirely uncommon. So if this confused you, this happens in football. Mm-hmm. Right? In football, when the teams are done playing the first round and they move on, they pit the highest-seeded team against the lowest-seeded team and the second-highest-seeded team against the second-lowest-seeded team moving forward before they get to their AFC and NFC championships. So this is this is common to us American sports watchers. It's not common in basketball, but it's common in other places. Mm-hmm. Now, I found the graphics confusing. The graphics are confusing. Probably if they had just not... There was another graphic that somebody else started circulating around, which just had mm-hmm. the teams that were playing, and then... Right, no no like tournament bracket yeah. overlaid on it and then moved on. Um, that probably would have helped a lot in the confusion. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to continue to do it this way, by all means, that's the way you need to do it. Yeah. Um, there were some coaches who said that they didn't realize this was going to happen and were really upset about it. And Nate Nanzer was like, nah, bump that. It was in the rule book, you idiots. Read your, read your material. Mm-hmm. Hey, guys, if somebody hands you a rule book and you're a participant, read your material. Mm-hmm. That was a fun plug. Um. But um, I uh, I had a little bit of an issue with this with this method. Now I'm not a coach. I'm not a player. Mm-hmm. I did not read the rule book. I'm a fan. Fans should probably fans don't necessarily need to be all up in the rule books. Some yeah. people do. That's fine. That helps keep people accountable. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna be one of those guys. I accept that. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm gonna go ahead and say I am not a fan of this. I think that this was a bad call, and I don't think that changing this would have changed the outcome of our playoffs. First off, I want to start there. Changing yeah. this would have de- changed nothing about our playoffs. Yeah. Um, I think I all so. it did was I think all it did was create confusion and frustration. Mm-hmm. Um, first off, the initial seeding basically always sets up the best teams in the league to have the best chances of getting to finals. Yeah. And given the way it was seeded, absolutely it would have wound up with Shock versus Titans at the end. Probably. More than likely. I, I think I don't think there's a real way around that. That's mm-hmm. how that would have gone. So I, I don't think that having it having it reseed in the middle would have made a difference. Uh, the other thing I want to oh go ahead. I was just gonna say so I like the idea of reseeding playoffs. I don't like it for stage playoffs because in the stage playoffs, seeding is a lot more vague. Because there's only seven games. There's only seven games. It's not like you went through the full season and you really have a good sense of where these guys place. Like I think reseeding makes a lot of sense then. Like San Francisco Shock was only sixth seed, mm-hmm. and that's mostly because they had to play. They had a really tough strength of schedule um, compared to a team like Philadelphia Fusion, who just got to roll the bottom four teams in the league. Right. Um, and then the London Spitfire when they sucked the first week before they put profit on Zarya. Hey. But, um, yeah, so I feel like it didn't really matter as much. Like, the seeding wasn't as true to strength, even though it almost never is, because if you consider, like, 
teams that are strong in the GOATS meta, there's no guarantee they're going to be strong in whatever we're doing right. in the playoff meta. Mm-hmm. Six months from now? I think it's going to be a while. Right. Yeah, September. Six months Well, and now. here, since you're talking about this, yeah. um, I actually am going to go ahead and say that I agree with that. And okay. I think it's probably better off that we do something like that for the finals, for the actual season playoffs. Yeah. But my reasoning is is not quite the same as yours, although okay. yours is good. I didn't think about that, and he's a smart man. Um, my reasoning is the actual season playoffs, we're going to wind up with teams with first-round bye weeks. No, we won't. We will not? We will not. That did, oh, that's changed that's from last, last year. year yeah. That was so last year, yeah. So this year, year there, six teams will qualify like last year, and then there's going to be, be the play-ins play -ins oh. for the last two Never spots. mind. I retract that. <laughs> I'm no a fool. more, No more buys. Okay. Well, without a first-round bye week, I have – I don't see a real need for a reseed. So I think I can decide this if if reseeding is okay. better or worse. Okay. So I have a golf ball. Oh my gosh. Okay. Stitch playing golf with a statue of Gandalf the Grey is heads. And the pinnacle three sigil shall be tails. This is this is a ball, Haller. What do you choose? Heads or tails? Heads. <laughs> Heads? Allurmore has chosen tails. Okay. Do you see it? Do you see it? Everyone everyone it, sees it. It's Every, on it. Everybody <laughs> won the coin toss. Reseeding's bad. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for attending my Instagram live that was, live stream. That was fun. <laughs> Thank you for that. You're welcome. I didn't. He did not tell me he was <laughs> going to do that. <laughs> Anyways, personal, just a personal thought. I feel like reseeding is super unnecessary. For a situation where you don't have a first round bye week, mm -hmm. I feel like having a first round bye week makes that reseeding necessary because you're injecting new teams into the equation after yeah. something's already happened. Yep. So I think that's that's fine. But without without a first round without a first round bye week, I feel like reseeding is kind of silly. You're already giving these teams the best chance they can have. Yeah, you already the set playoffs. up the brackets. So yeah, and so the bracket really is reasonably worth it. You know. Yeah. You know, to constantly make it easier for the mm -hmm. best team to get there. Because basically that's what you're doing when yep. you reseed is you're going, oh, the best team beat the worst team. Well, they weren't going to play the next worst team who happened to make it through. But now they will. Man, we want them to have the easiest road to victory possible. Yeah, it makes it, it makes it so hard for, like, right. someone in last to upset right. all the way up to. Right. And I feel like everybody who makes it to playoffs deserves a real fighting chance at the finals. Mm -hmm. So, although, but it, in defense, it also does potentially set up the very best games for the for the finals. It, so it has the potential to. But if if this had played out like that, yeah. it would probably have not set up the very best game for finals this time. Mm -hmm. Like if this played out the way people expected, I don't think right. that would have been a good game. Yeah, but uh, again, if you are a playoff caliber team, you're going to win those games and you're going to make it. Like the teams, no matter what, either way, are going to make it there. So I feel like. There's arguments for it. There's arguments against it. Either way, I think both don't really matter because the best teams are gonna are gonna just make it to the top. Yeah. So, 
But I would say <coughs> get rid of them for stage playoffs. They're just confusing. And then maybe bring them back for the season playoffs. I understand it there, but I feel like stage, it's just yeah the, the seeding doesn't mean that much unless you're like undefeated. So, so um, moving on, typically this is the part of our show where we would look forward to games next week. No there games are next no week. games next week. It's a it's a it's an Overwatch league. By what am week. I supposed to do? Hang out with your friends. Who? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, what are those? So, uh, what we're going to talk about instead is the fact that there is a new patch coming to Stage 2. We are going to have some changes to look forward to. There's new patch, there's new hero, in addition to the changes coming from the patch. Mm-hmm. And, uh, parent- and there's a new map pool, and apparently even a new order of maps. So, yes. um, let's, let's start off with the patch real quick here. Right. As quickly as we can talk about 800 changes. There's so much. This is going to be a big patch. There's so much. It's huge. Okay, so there is, there are adjustments and tweaks to, like, 20 heroes. Yeah. Like, Almost a lot everybody. of heroes. <laughs> Almost every hero got some sort of adjustment or tweaking. Well over half. Yeah. And uh, on top of that, we're introducing a new hero, Baptiste, who mm-hmm. is a healer. A yes. support hero. Not healers. This is not <laughs> World of Warcraft. <laughs> Um, now, the, who was talking about this? Was it the shock people? No. Who came onto the desk the other night? From the, oh, it was the Titans guys. The or Ti- no, the Philadelphia Fusion Was guy? it the Fusion guy? The, ass- the assistant coach, you mean on Saturday night? Yeah, that was Christopher. Yes, Christopher was talking about how they're treating Baptiste as a main healer, which I think he is. Mm-hmm. He's a, he's a primary healer. I mean, that's what Jeff said in his development. Or his developer update, too. He right. wants it to be a main healer. Right. So they're going to treat it like the primary healer. Mm-hmm. Um, he can do so much, so many cool things. So he has a, he has two, he has, his alternate fire, I think, is basically a healing grenade. Right. His primary fire is a bullet mm-hmm. that hurts people. So, you know, more a left click to do one thing, right click to do the other thing. Mm-hmm. Not, not an, un- at this, p- which is pretty odd, actually, at this point, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have thought that might have been a weapon alternate weapon, like Mercy's got an alternate weapon rather than a alternate fire, right? Um, to really make him that main healer rather mm-hmm. than because this, but I guess Moira is also a main healer, so he definitely seems like the main healer that can dish the most damage. He does by far, and what's interesting too is going to be for the Overwatch League if this guy becomes meta, mm-hmm. and he is a main healer. Think about main healers in the league. They're not usually known for their mechanical skill. That's, that's your true. that's your flex player is known for their aim. They play their Zenyat- the Zenyatas and the Anas. It could be really interesting to see what teams are able to adapt to Baptiste. And I think like teams that either have a very mechanically strong main healer, like Neptuno of the Philadelphia Fusion, right. um, are going to benefit, or teams that have two flex supports like Rippa and Shaz on the LA Gladiators, right? That have these mechanically skilled guys yeah. and can potentially say, okay, we're going to have you come in as our Baptiste and not as a flex healer, but uh, on this main healer role with your flex healer who's currently being played over you. So it gives those teams the op- the option to kind of specialize. So it'll mm-hmm. be interesting to see that play out. But this support hero is interesting. 
Um, because of his kit, he has a lot of AOE healing, which makes him good uh, good for goats. But he also strengthens hit scan. Like he has right. this ultimate where he puts a wall down. It's like an amplification yes. field, is what they're and calling it. And when you shoot through it, everything you everything that goes through that field hits for double damage. Right. So he makes anti goats comp really strong as well. So it's really hard to tell where this guy's gonna right. where he's, where he's gonna fall. I feel like he's gonna be he has this really strong synergy with things like Arissa and Junkrat. Oh, for sure. Right? So he can put up that his his he's got this invulnerability field which makes it so your people can't die inside of it basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like that could be something that he can use when you know oh my gosh our Arissa shield got burned down really fast he could put that up and ch- in and take care of that. Yeah. His ultimate will just synergize with a junk rat bunk you know shooting off of off a rooftop like like a dream. Mm-hmm. Like that's a dr- that is I, I like to play junk rat. I don't. I wish I could be a Junkrat main again, but I have to play Reinhardt all the time now. Um, but you know, I I enjoy playing a Junkrat. That's my dream. You know, when a Mercy damage boosts me and I'm up on the top of a of a building somewhere, I'm having a great time. I'm building ultimates like a crazy person. Mm-hmm. If there was a somebody up there with me who was shooting down grenades yeah. to heal our people and then could put up a wall every now and then, that would make my grenades do double damage and just like a little bit percentage increase. That's amazing. And it stacks with Mercy Beam and Arissa Beam. Right, so uh, I mean, could, if him and Arissa at the same time using their ultimate, like one shot of Reinhardt, it'll be crazy. <laughs> um, well, it's hard to hit those kinds of things from that kind of yeah, distance. Well, they bu- they buffed the uh, the direct, so if you can manage, they it. did buff the direct, <laughs> but they did not re- re- they did not put the size of the projectile back to the way it used to be. Yeah, that has that has made a difference mm-hmm. in in just the random bouncy damage that happens. Which is fine. I feel like that was narrative, but that's not relevant to today. Mm. Um, so there's going to be, I think there's going to be huge changes as we figure out how this hero synergizes with other heroes. And I don't know that he's going to synergize well with existing comps. Yes. Right? He he, he has some reason. I mean, he'll go with bunker comps, as you already said. He'll go with bunker comps. I mean, Goats, though, Goats, while it's not the most mobile of comps, tends to get together in a group and roll somewhere mm-hmm. all together. A lot of his kit is gonna be, you know, his his wall ultimate, his um sh- his shield area for mm-hmm. his um invulnerability field. That's that's not gonna move with the team, right? So that's really not. I don't feel like it's gonna help goats a lot. I mean, it'll it will when you get into that scrappy fight area, right? But until then, not very I much. I feel like you could play him in place of a Brigitte because he brings that AOE healing, and then you could use the wall and combo with like a Graviton Surge instead of a Self Destruct. Yeah, maybe because of like that extra damage. Because and just if Zar- if you put that, they're all stuck. You put the wall between you and the Graviton. But it won't work surge. on Zarya's beams, so it'll only work on her right click. And that's usually what Zarya is going to be pumping into that, right. unless you're trying to focus one person down in a transcendent. She'll sure. like left click and then right click punch for like a lot of burst damage. Right. But if you can just do right clicking into into a large group of people, and then you have Zen throwing their orbs through there, that's a ton of damage. Yeah. So I could see that. I I do think you're right that we probably won't. But I. And I can see a world where it happens. Right, and he will not pair well with dive either. He doesn't his his mm-hmm. his jump boots will make it so he can go places with the dive team. Yeah, but I, I f- once again his his kit is his abilities go somewhere and sit there. Yeah, 
And that's just not going to pair well with that kind of a thing, I don't think. He could help the dive, too, in that, like, he could throw his um, invulnerability field out to wherever the dive happens. So there are some synergies, but I still, uh, but He's you're right in that he, he helps, like, hit scan or, like, projectile that are shooting from a distance. Yeah, I think yeah. that's probably his idea. He's going to be part of a bunker comp, I think, for the most right. part. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see just based off how strong the hero is. Because if he's just overpowered, he'll be played with every comp. That's true. Just, that's just how it goes for an overpowered hero. But I think like his his niche in a balanced world is probably like paired with McCree, soldiers, widows, bunker comps. And I think it's gonna be a lot of fun to basically, I because I I'm what I'm hoping for is to see three distinct compositions start to form. Yeah, the rock paper scissors. The again. rock paper scissors again. I'm hoping to see goats. I'm hoping to see dive, and I'm hoping to see these bunkers, and I'm hoping to see these go right. around. Right, and it'll Dives just depend bunkers, on and bunkers resist goats. And mm-hmm. goats, you know, lives through dive, and it'll probably become map dependent too. Like watch yeah. point Gibraltar, you're probably gonna want to dive um, p- on attack. You could probably you could potentially bunker up on defense or do counter dive. First point assault defenses, you're probably gonna want to play bunker comps. Third point hybrid maps, you're gonna want to play goats. So they'll be. Yeah. It's going to be lots of fun. Mm-hmm. I think it should be really good. Um, one thing I'd say is if I had to make a prediction for next patch, be on the lookout for Sombra. Sombra is already strong um, in this meta. Like We're already seeing a lot of Sombra. She's not getting any changes, but Ghost is getting nerfed. Zarya is getting nerfed. Her AoE splash damage is going down. Lucio's speed boost is going down, which hurts the mobility of right. Ghost's comps. Right. So I think you're really going to see, no matter what, just a very dominant Sombra in the meta. So I would just be on the lookout for that. Either Sombra Goats, Sombra Dive. You could really fit Sombra in the most comps except Bunker comps. She doesn't really make too much sense. But Sombra Goats, Sombra Dives, expect to see more of it is what yeah. I would, is, would be my guess. Otherwise, I have no idea what we're going to see. Yeah, the more stationary the comp, like a Bunker comp, or the more clumped together like a Goats comp, the better Sombra is at countering it mm-hmm. with her EMP. So, you know, but I don't, that doesn't always mean that Sombra fits in, Sombra's not going to fit into a bunker comp. Right. Um, Sombra can fit into a goats comp mostly to do be that counter to other goats comps mm-hmm. or to other bunker comps, especially to other bunker comps, because bunker comps are going to be great against goats comps as this goes forward. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, Sombra's probably biggest weakness is going to be mm-hmm. against other, against dive comps because they like to stay spread out. They'll all dive in for a second and then they'll be back spread out again. Right? Yeah, so but Sombra Dive has already existed. We right. didn't get to see the meta in Owl, but in Contender Season 1 in Korea, Sombra Genji Dive was like, when Sombra was yeah. really first uh, very overtuned, you saw that, and I wouldn't be surprised to see that kind of uh Yeah, because Sombra's attack. ability, and Sombra's ability to hack health packs is yeah. getting a change. Yep. Because her hack oh, right. doesn't her hack cooldown will be faster when she hacks health packs. Right, she does. So she that. will, so she'll, she'll, she definitely has a place within the dive mm-hmm. compositions. It's yeah, just that dive isn't something that she counters very well. I mean, potentially, if you if you hack a diva mid dive, that's true. <laughs> she that's just fair. kind of falls down, and then you and then you could just counter dive that person you hacked. So yeah, I feel like she definitely has a spot. And I would say, as you're watching stage two, probably week one, the meta isn't going to be figured out. So I think you'll see a lot of goats. Keep an eye on Chengdu because I think Chengdu is going to force the meta shift. I don't think they'll find the meta. But they'll force, the, force shift. the shift. That seems fair. Chengdu's gonna throw out wacky strats as Chengdu can. Yeah, and like you're not gonna be able to play goats into them at all after the changes. I think it's just teams are gonna try it because this is what they're comfortable on, and they just didn't have a chance to figure out the meta, and it's gonna fall apart. And teams are gonna be forced to figure out 
what's better. They'll probably be forced into Chengdu strats, are going to be bad at it, and then they're going to find something that finally counters Chengdu, and then it'll probably also counter Ghost, and you're going right. to find this new meta. But I think it's there's going to be some growing pains. I'd be surprised if it's, like, really obvious in the first week. Yeah. All right, well, um, I actually was expecting us to have to stall a little bit to make the time that we normally like to be in, but we're right in that sweet spot. Cool. So we're going to start wrapping up now. All right. Unless there's anything else that you really, really want to say. No, I mean, we got uh, like we we next week. We've, We've got, got next week. There's still more to talk about. we still got next week. Yeah, so next week we're going to deal with, you know, the games that are coming up and what's going to be exciting mm -hmm. about that. We can look that. at the map pool then as we're well. We're going to check out, right, lots of fun things coming for us next week. Um, but that big thing, and we're pushing it again, please send us your questions. We mm -hmm. want to answer your questions. We want to answer them here. You know, um, we'll, we'll, I'm even working out a way to get your stuff to appear on the screen because I'm not great at that, but I'm going to try and do that. Ooh. I'm not guaranteeing that either, though, but that's my goal. All right? Ooh. So we're going we're gonna to do our best here. All right? So please send us your questions. Send them to us on Twitter or Facebook at CowlFans, C-O-W-L fans. Reddit comments. I will respond to Reddit comments as well. I will post this on Reddit. Um, you know, so please send us do that and mm -hmm. just tweet them on Twitter with hashtag CowlQ, C-O-W-L-Q. We will see those. Mm -hmm. um, so thanks for watching. Yeah. We really appreciate it. Please uh, like our videos, share our videos, share our audio feeds, mm -hmm. share them with everybody. Send us some upvotes, review us, you know, give us some honest reviews. Um, our, our Facebook takes reviews. I know that. I think our we're on iTunes now, so that takes reviews. So, so give us reviews and likes and subscriptions and stuff. We really want your feedback. We value it, and honestly, it, yeah, it helps us. It, so. it helps us, mm -hmm. not just in the fact that you give us feedback, but also it increases our visibility to others looking for the show. So if you think it's a good show, it, it helps a ton. Um, for those who don't know, we are officially on the three, the, what I think is the big three for podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and iTunes. We're on all of them. We're also on a couple mm -hmm. others. I think we're on like Last FM and stuff like that too. So nice. if you look for us, we're 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 becoming easier to find. All right. Please follow us on social media. Our uh, podcast page is at Cowl Fans. We do our best to tweet and share things that are relevant to you mm -hmm. um, and the goings on. Um, and follow us individually on Twitter. He's at Howler. I'm at Alurimore. It's lots of fun. Yeah. Um, I want to give a big thank you to the Popped Off guys. Yes. Who have helped us with graphics, who have helped get us onto these uh, things like uh, Google Play and like iTunes, which we were not on on our own before them. Um, they've just been amazing. They run a f they run their own podcast called Project Esports, which is also very good. Mm -hmm. Highly recommend. Um, I think I have gotten all my closing comments. Good job. That's yeah. I'm really working on my openings and closings. I'm a <laughs> podcast host, didn't you know? I'm so proud. Thanks. Um, so th once again, thanks for watching and listening. We really appreciate your viewership. I'm Alura Moore. I'm Haller. And we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.